Welcome to episode 5 of the WP and Up podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, you might be wondering what WP and Up is all about. Well, we're a charity working in the WordPress space trying to support our community. Our help is freely available at wpandup.org or you can call plus four four two zero three three two two one zero eight zero. This support is available for all sorts of reasons. It might be that you'd like support with your business, your skills, or possibly with your mental or physical health. Whatever the reason might be, please reach out. Often, we don't like to admit to ourselves that we need support. We carry on and hope that things will just go away if we ignore them or just work harder. Admitting to ourselves that we'd like some support is one thing, but admitting it to others can be another, greater challenge. One of the aims of the podcast is to bring you stories from the community who have been through these things before. They've come to realise that speaking to someone about what they're going through can help. These stories can be very personal, but they shine a light on subjects all too often left in the dark. Perhaps some of the areas that we cover this week are something that you can identify with. You might be facing some of the same events. Of course, it might not be you. It could be somebody that you know, a friend, a relation, a colleague. The point is that by sharing these stories and shining a light on them, we make you aware that it's okay to open up about these things, and maybe even seek out some support from WP and Up. As of the recording of this podcast, we've provided nearly 800 hours of mentorship. An amazing 3,300 hours have been donated by the many people who are now volunteering for WP and Up. So we're very serious about supporting the WordPress community. But we've just got started. If you'd like to help WP and Up financially, then please visit wpandup.org forward slash give. If you would like to get involved in WP and Up, then please visit wpandop.org forward slash contact or look for the social links in the footer of the website. Sponsorship is also an option and sponsoring WP and Up is a great thing to do. You'll be supporting the important work that we're undertaking and you can also be featured on the podcast like this. Press Forward Podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers an awesome managed web hosting platform that's built for speed, security, and scalability, while being environmentally friendly. Enjoy a better web hosting experience for your WordPress website, backed by 24-7 expert support. And we thank Green Geeks for their support of the Press Forward Podcast. So today we have Tom Shute from Pragmatic on the podcast. Pragmatic is a WordPress agency based in Brighton in the UK. Go back just 10 years and Pragmatic did not exist. 
but now it is one of the largest agencies in the UK, employing over 40 people. Many of those employees are distributed all over the world. As you may know, WP and Ops support is divided into the four health hubs. They are mental health, physical health, skills health and business health. Today we touch primarily on business health as we learn from Tom about some of the areas that need to be considered when growth starts and you're not familiar with what you can do and what you must do. It's not been plain sailing for Pragmatic. There were bumps in the road, as you might expect. Heading into uncharted territory with your business can leave you concerned and unsure about what the best course of action might be. Perhaps this story will inspire you and give you some ideas. If you're facing similar growth in your business, maybe there are lessons that you can learn from the way that Pragmatic handled things. I started by asking Tom to give me some context as to what the Pragmatic Agency is, how large it is, and where the team are all based. Yeah, so Pragmatic is a uh, 50-ish person agency down in Brighton, um, obviously focusing on WordPress, but we do projects in anything that the client needs, really. Where we can't do it internally, we'll get uh, contractors in to help, um, but yeah, focus on WordPress. Predominantly in-house team, so team down here in Brighton. I think probably about 90% of the team is, is here in Brighton, but then we've got some other remote people as well who are part of the team in um, Spain and uh, in, in far-flung places and, and exotic places like Norwich as well. <laughs> and of a challenge where we've got not a fully distributed team and not a all in-house team. So a lot of our meetings have got to be um, remotely accessible. Or we try and do that by default, but it's something that I know a lot of people try and avoid um, is having a mixed team of, of remote and non-remote, but we're, we're doing all right. We service all kinds of clients from small local companies right the way through to a big enterprise international brands such as uh, Bacardi and Sage and to do that we deliver projects primarily in agile using scrum methodology. I found out about Pragmatic when I was running a charity in Brighton and um, Dave who's the CEO was working out of his bedroom on his own and that was only nine ten years ago so um, I think the actual company started it's about eight years ago um, with Dave on his own. And then I joined the company just over five years ago uh, when there was four people. We're now up to about 48. Um, so it's been quite rapid growth, um, not without challenges, but, you know, growing pains. But I sort of see us as a we're now in sort of post-grad. If we were, if we were a, a human, we'd have done uni and gone through the awkward teenager phase. And we're now sort of in post-grad, uh, you know, um, phase, le learning new things and, and applying it to the real wide world. So you can see that Pragmatic have certainly grown and grown rapidly. How do you do that? Where do you look for inspiration when you're not sure what the best course of action for the agency is? Was there a methodology? A manual if you like? Something that they followed to make sure that things didn't get out of hand? I'd love to say we followed a strict plan, um, but you know what we did was set a five-year target five years ago, unsurprisingly, and it was pretty ambitious. It was to be one of the largest agencies specialising in WordPress in the UK, if not Europe, and um, that was kind of our big hairy goal uh, that we um, set. And 
we had some really good mentors along the way, you know, people who've been successful in running agencies and um, they've helped keep us on track. But really, it was just having that big target that we, we were going to go for um, as, a, as a team and, and having, you know, a CEO in Dave who was incredibly driven to get us there. But no, no sort of template that we use. But, you know, I think everyone's got to try it and learn themselves rather than to follow a template because you're going to, everyone's different in, in the agencies and temptation to put models or frameworks onto things and, and, and stick to them too rigidly. I think it's important to have a little bit of flex and, and learn things your own way. When I think about agency growth, my first thoughts are probably the same as yours. Growth means more clients, more staff, more cash flow. But that can't be all there is to it. I wondered if there were aspects of growth that were unexpected, things that the business now has to do that it did not need to do when it was much smaller. Yeah, I think one of the, the, the trickiest things we've experienced is, you know, when you grow from a team of three or four people to 40, there's, you know, huge change in how you do things and processes and the sort of the stuff that goes on beneath the surface around the, the culture, you know, of the business and um, trying to keep that is really tough, especially when people are changing, you're bringing new people in and everyone's got a different way of doing things and um, all culture really is, is a, a group of p- people at acting you know together and doing behaviors uh, together and um trying to keep that the same as what it was when there was three people when there's a lot more people it's just really tough so that sort of stuff goes on bubbling away below the surface and there's no magic wand you can cast to just say right this is how we're going to do culture now you know it's actually you know it's, it's lots of smaller behavioral changes or, or, or keeping you know maintaining those behaviors and rituals that you keep doing every week so yeah not 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 sort of one thing I can think of that's bubbling away but you know the, the, just looking after the people it's it's becomes more and more important as you've got more people the, the single most important thing I think in, you know in, in terms of uh, being able to scale there's a lot of stuff that you learn as you go and it's okay to be a little bit uh, flexible with it you know how you treat people and how you, you know, how you are as an agency can be quite flexible when you when you're starting out but Obviously, when you get to a certain size, people and the way you're doing things, you're going to draw more attention to yourselves. As you become bigger, you've got to be a bit more sophisticated with the way you do things. That's everything from the way you're running projects, you know, locking down the scope because you can't have scope creep when there's lots of you doing that because it adds up to quite a lot. So it's really important that you've got processes in place to keep that sort of stuff in line. But then likewise, you know, if if you're employing people, there are literally laws that you have to follow um you you can't you can't be flexible with those (laughs) um otherwise you get in trouble so they're 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 things that are there to to protect your workforce so if you've got employees you've got you've got things like uh statutory sick pay lots of legislation around what rights the workers have don't want to get into sort of the two legalese but you know there's lots of things you've got to you've got to follow it does seem quite scary and actually a lot of the time when you're when you're talking to you know legal professionals, they're in that's their job. You know, learn knowing everything about the law is their job. So you're not going to know it all, but having some good advice is really really important. Having an HR advisor who's someone who's you know knows the law inside out and can give you 
really good advice is so important. We haven't always been lucky with that. We've had some advice in the past which wasn't actually correct and nearly got us into a real mess because it is so so sensitive. You know, you could end up in a, a employment tribunal. You know, um, in in court if you if you're mistreating your employees, however well intentioned you you are, actually, you know, making sure you're you're following the law to the letter is really important. If you start out small and grow larger, then there's inevitably going to be a balance to be struck between the needs of the employer and the needs of the employee. Some areas of the business are governed by the law. There are things that you're obliged to do, but then there are other areas where the employees have more flexibility, more scope to offer additional perks. This must be a hard scale to balance. You need to protect the business, but at the same time, you want to keep your employees happy and productive. What's in the, the law, what's in the um, uh, employment law around you know, things like sick pay and redundancy pay and all this sort of stuff is, is sort of minimum. And um, we try and always exceed that, you know, so where you know, statutory sick pay uh, is, is not a lot. Um, and that kicks in when someone's been off after, I think it's three days, um, they're entitled to statutory sick pay. Um, we pay, you know, a few, quite a few more days than that full pay because we understand that, you know, that could add to your, you know, stress and, and actually, you know, um, your well-being if you're not getting paid. And it's one of the reasons why you get, you know, you do go employed rather than you know, contract as a freelancer because you do get that extra security and, and um reassurance that you're going to get paid if you even if you do have a couple of days off sick so um it's about sort of using the statutory requirements as a minimum and then and then building on that to build up your own policies but also making sure it's really clear because the law is really clear but it's also really hard to understand sometimes you know if you're looking through these documents employment law documents that you know they're really full of legalese so making it really clear for your employees what what's expected and what they, they can expect helps take away that sort of um, angst and, and um, ambiguity. In, in the past where we've had HR issues, making sure our policy is really clear is one thing. It hasn't always been the case. You know, we've had to re rewrite our policies a few times over the years just to make sure we're covering all bases. That's not to say we're trying to stitch up employees. It means we're trying to r remove any ambiguity and remove that possibility that it could be misunderstood. So really, really important to, to have those clear, clear policies and make sure that people understand them. Being an employer involves a lot of work. You have to make sure that it's clear what the business expects from its employees and vice versa. One of the primary vehicles for communicating those expectations is through policies. Maybe not the most exciting things to write or amend, but vital for getting everyone in the company on the same page. I asked Tom if Pragmatic's policies were set in stone or did they need tweaking from time to time as situations in the company arose? I think that's really important. You know, you, you react to things as they're going on, but also trying to use those as, as examples and, and, and uh, case studies for how you can improve things. So where we've had situations, incidents, whatever, challenges, we've tried to learn from that really quickly. And, and you know, as a relatively small business, you know, it's still only, you know, tens of people, not hundreds of them, or thousands of people, we can be quite agile in our um, reaction. So 
if uh, a recent example is where someone has an employee has been off um, with um, mental health uh, issues and we've then taken action pretty swiftly to adjust how we treat these people so if the policy is quite says one thing we go okay right how can we improve this what what can we learn from this experience so yes quite reactionary but also doing what you think is best at the time making sure you're sticking to your policy but also being flexible enough to say actually well you know in our policy it says we have like one or two return to work meetings with people when they've been off sick but actually how about we do you know an extra one or two or you know why don't we actually ask the person what they would would like and to try and remove that the, the really rigid approach which isn't personal to that individual you can't change anything that's statutory so that's that's just that would just be in your policy by default but um, what you can do is change the terms that are in your policy so then that's pretty easy to do but for certain things it's really important that you make sure that employees are aware of the changes and and there's a consultation period if it's something that's actually going to yeah you know really impact them but often and and you know I'm I'm certainly not an employment lawyer so you know always seek always seek professional advice but um I would say that you know, you're, often the, is the case that your um, contract is the uh, contractual document, and it references the policies in that. So their their policies can change, but they're as long as it says that in the, in the, in your original contract, you know, it might say something along the lines of the employee must follow the employer's uh, policies as set out in the handbook, which can change from time to time. Um, and that is that is the case in our ones. But you know, it's, if you make a change to someone's uh, policies, you know, which impacts them. Uh, and it's negative and you know actually they feel that they've been muscled out of the business for whatever reason you know you've you've, you've said something that's actually affected their ability to do their job or they feel that you know that you're actually trying to muscle them out and they, they've got a case to you know bring you to, to to justice over you know at an employment tribunal and say they've been um, constructively dismissed so you've got to be careful when making those changes to the to the documents because you know, you don't want anyone to sort of feel that they you know, haven't been listened to or consulted before changes that are impacting them. Given that there's no template to follow for growing your agency, I was interested in whether Pragmatic had relied on their own intuition when tough choices needed to be made, or had they reached out to other people, mentors, friends, to seek some guidance? We had... Um... A, a mentor we still do actually a business mentor a guy called Cy Conroy um who's a friend of the bit business I think he was a, a client back in the day but um and he provides coaching uh, to the leadership team I think what happens quite frequently in, in these kind of fast-growing agencies um is that the people that are in the company from the beginning or near the beginning like myself grow with the company you know you bring someone on to do something and as the company grows they get more experience and you, you, you know you grow with the, the the growth of the company and because of that it's really important like you say to have a mentor or or, or people you can call on to sanity check what you're doing um provide you know they might be validating something you're, you you assume inputting to you know quite big changes that's that's really important to get you know you, what you think might be a really good idea they could have gone through as someone who's been, had that experience in a, in, a, in a growing agency so yeah if you can get surround yourself by people who've done it before definitely do that you know there's there's a number of mentor groups out there that, that offer it it can be quite expensive so make sure you pick a good one again if you can get a referral from someone who's used uh, a, a really good supplier or, or, or been had a really good experience with a, a business mentor yeah, see if you can see if you can get a contact because it, you know you don't want to 
get advice from someone that's not up to it. The increased burden of bureaucracy that a growing agency faces can be enough to put some people off. There's a policy for this and a policy for that, and somebody, possibly you, has got to write them all. It occurred to me that there might be a better way, a more open way, and perhaps we could open source some of this burden and share its creation. After all, much of it's of a non-competitive nature, and we're all just reinventing the wheel writing the same documents over and over. Would Pragmatic support this idea? Yeah, so I think I'm a big believer in the, uh, you know, the collaboration rather than, you know, competing for just because you happen to be another agency. We work with a number of third party uh, partners, um, providing, you know, assistance to them when they they need it. But I, I really like the idea of, uh, you know, that open sourceness. I think one of the things is these these policies, you know, once you've got these clear, they are literally like a Bible for you. And if you follow them, you can't really go too far wrong. So as I was mentioning before, you know, when you've got when you're learning from these experiences, that doesn't go in back into your policies often. And if some if you share the policies and you've updated them, they're likely to be out of date um, for the people who have who've copied them. So some sort of shared open source approach to the best practice around this, you know, the, the issues that WP and Up advocates for, I think would be really, really useful. As I mentioned at the start of this podcast, WP and Up has four health hubs. Business health, skills health, mental health, and physical health. My conversation thus far with Tom had mainly been centred around business health, and so I wanted to move things on towards the way that a large agency accommodates matters under the mental health banner. How does a modern agency deal with employees who need to have time off for mental health related reasons? How does Pragmatic support them? The key thing I've learned personally is that everyone's different and being empathetic is the most important thing you can be in these situations. You know, you've got to understand where that person's coming from and you might not ever get to that point because, you know, if you haven't been through it, you won't know. And um, it's really important to, to not assume that something that works for one person is going to work for another person and actually trying to f- put solutions onto things rather than listening to people and um, hearing what they're going through. It, it, you're not really helping out you know what works for you and what you might think is really straightforward and simple actually might be the worst idea possible for someone else so being empathetic and trying to uh, understand the the as well as you can what's going on and how you might be able to support that and being flexible as well so while you'd like to have a set of policies understanding that different people are going to want different things and like like I said before what what might seem like a really good idea you know for example you know meeting up and going for a, a coffee off-site might be really the worst thing possible for someone or likewise coming into the office when you've been off with um, mental health issues is, is might be really you know a nightmare whereas some people might think that's a really good idea so it's just about really trying to understand the individual and, and where they're coming from and, and doing what you can to, to make things as um, comfortable and what they need rather than what you think they might need. A lot of the policies we've had in the past were kind of generic and so when we had the first instance of someone going off with the uh, with mental health um, as the cause, we we were kind of going a bit blind, but we 
made sure that we did as much as we could to to find out what we could do but also be really honest with that person and say look you know actually we d- we've never had this before um and we're kind of going into this new but so help us help you really and and like let us know what how we can do things that are going to you know help here um yeah using a generic template is is okay but i think what we learned was that actually like i said before everyone's individual so being able to flex and say actually you know this is this is how we're going to do it this time with the clear understanding of what's actually expected legally (laughs) you know be flexible don't break the law if you've you've got statutory um, sick pay to pay make sure you know when that kicks in you know when when does someone become uh, when do they need to get a doctor's note what kind of professional support can you get for that person you know to, to help them um, and to understand the situation so not everyone is going to be a, an expert in this stuff in fact no one is in, in our business there's a few people who you know are interested and and are advocates for what we're doing but no no one's a a professional in this in this space and so making sure you're calling on the right people at the right time is, is really important and 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 to not get out of your depth and try and fumble through because it's only going to make the person who is suffering suffer more you know any kind of any kind of um, ambiguity and uncertainty is a stressor you know that's one of the key factors in this stuff it's not people not knowing people questioning what's going on and not knowing the answers and having you fumble your way through it is not going to be a great great assistance there If someone phones up and says that they have a broken arm or a migraine, everyone has a very real understanding of what that means. As agency owners, you could easily adapt because you already have expectations about how serious this is and how long it will likely be before the employee will return to work. But with mental health issues, it's not so clear cut. Each person is unique and pragmatic asking how they can help could be described as bottom up, letting the employee have some say in how their return to work is implemented. The bottom up stuff is really important. So, you know, like talking, thinking about empathy, it's about understanding different people. And unless you're asking different people and working with different people, you're not going to get their viewpoint on things. So we established a, because of my own awareness that I, certainly don't have the answers for this stuff and actually we've got 50 people in the business who might be able to help so i sort of opened it up and said that who wants to come and join this working group and i know it's a bit of a formal name for it but what we do is meet up every quarter and have a chat about what what's going on you know how what we've done that's gonna sort of try and help this stuff you know well-being initiatives and um creating that space for people to feel that they can have a conversation and a lot of really good stuff's come from that um, you know, people who've been through stuff are in that group. People who have want to find out a bit more because someone may have confided in them are in that group as well. So it really is like a peer support network. And I think the biggest thing I've learned is that actually it's okay to talk about this stuff. It's okay to, you know, better than okay. It's, 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 it, should, it should actively be encouraged because then it takes away that stigma and the risk that someone's sitting there not talking about it that's the worst thing that can happen that's why you know when you're not in an agency things like WP and up are so important because people you know just need to know there's people to talk to of course pragmatic is a business and it needs to keep producing websites in order to survive i asked tom the uncomfortable question about whether or not the company had given any thought to what they would do if someone's mental health support needs were ongoing and a return to work 
was not yet likely. Whatever you do is that relies on there being a business. <laughs> so if if you know you have got the bottom line to, to to think about, of course, you know we all want individuals in the business to be uh, happy, to be doing their best work, to be given the space and tools to do that. If someone's having these kind of you know mental issues or you know long-term sickness issues, they're not going to be happy. And actually, you know, at some point, depending on what the issue is, you've got to actually have that have that conversation at some point and say, you know, it might be when they're they're back, but you're not doing anyone a favour by not having that conversation. You know, if the work they're doing is causing them, you know, it's not suited for their personality or you know they're not having a good time doing it you're not doing them a favor by not actually discussing it and that's not necessarily a a sickness issue it's actually about the individual what are their strengths and what are they good at and is this is the role they're doing that and if not perhaps you can find another job for them to do but having that really you know having that conversation is important because you don't want someone to be actually jeopardizing their health by doing a job that's not suited for them so but yeah but ultimately you want people to be coming back and being really happy and so the the re-onboarding of the the person who's been off is is really important but like you say if if it gets to a point where you know we're talking months and months and months down the line you've been paying statutory sick pay for a certain amount of time can you get some professional help from you know an occupational health person to come along and 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 do some uh work with that person to make sure they are capable of doing this job you know the last thing you want to be doing is trying to you know the stress that would cause someone if if you if you're trying to get them to come back to do a job they just aren't going to be able to do for whatever reason it's it's unfair to be to, to be putting that pressure on someone at one time in the past pragmatic were able to benefit from the knowledge of a family member who had a different perspective on how a return to work might look i asked tom to tell me more yeah, so a particular case, you know, um, we're lucky that we haven't had many people go off for this kind of stuff, but it's something that's always on our, our minds and, and something we've got, got to keep an eye out for. But one of the cases we had, someone was actually we're doing the reaching out and making sure we were in contact. We realised that this person was thinking that they needed to come back to work because of financial reasons and they were feeling a lot of pressure. Actually, it was only for a conversation with their were a family member that we understood the the gravity of the situation and i think it was i'm not sure if the person that approached me directly or if we were we were past the contact details i can't remember exactly but it was a it was it was a real help to have someone who was you know not in the business and knew this person really well to say that i think what we're doing here is is adding more and more pressure and um while it's it's really great that you guys are keeping the job open for this person actually i think we need to look a little bit more fundamentally here and say is, is this going to be right in the in the short term and this remember what we're talking about here is not permanent things and it might be that someone can you know have a, a you know a bit of time off and actually the the if you take the the stress of actually you've got to come back in a, as soon as you're fit if you take that away and say you know actually perhaps it is best if you have a, a longer period off and maybe a break from this kind of work and come back and see if there's something else you can do it's just you know but Often that the person in this situation, you don't know what kind of pressures they've got. So speaking to a family member or a friend can can help. Um, obviously, you've got to you know be, be extremely sensitive around um, how you've got that contact. Last thing you want to be doing is breaking someone's trust by 
uh, you know, approaching someone without their authorization, you know, so it's really important that it's, it's dealt with very, very um, sensitively. Maybe even ask that person, is there someone we could talk to who, you know, who might be able to shed a bit of light on the situation from another viewpoint? We can't all be experts in everything. And most of us working in the WordPress space are not likely to have any formal training in the area of mental health. That being said, an agency like Pragmatic might be well poised to buy in experts to train their staff. Was this something that they had plans for? As you probably picked up, I'm certainly no professional or, or, or someone that is, you know, we've, we're looking at getting some training for, um, I think they're called mental health first aiders. So people that you can go to and know that they're going to have a really good understanding of ways you could different ways of responding to this this these kind of issues we're really lucky we've also partnered up with the university of brighton doing some mentoring there and they've got lots of fantastic resources that we can get access to so while it doesn't see that's actually free so we, we're giving some time for mentoring um their students but we get access to some really good resources so for smaller agencies or small or even people you know working there on their own that might be a good way to have a look at see what local universities are, are offering in terms of support if you if you help them out they, they can often give you some resources and materials so there's, there's a few different ways of getting that support. Moving on to physical health I wanted to know if there were any initiatives that Pragmatic had implemented in order to promote this important area. So I think we've always had flexible and remote working, uh, which has meant that, you know, you don't have to hit the gym the same time everyone doing a nine to five is. So you could do you know, start a bit later. I think one of the things that's sort of managed to stay with the company as it's grown has been this uh, kind of freelancer mentality. You know, the reason why people like the freedom and the flexibility of being a freelancer is because you can you can go down the gym at 11 o'clock in the morning and and catch up afterwards or work a little bit later. You know, so we try and bring that to the to our policies. We do have, well, we have done. I, I think that at the moment they're um, we're, they're getting reviewed, but we've had health and well-being um, benefit, which means people can go to the gym and, and uh, claim a bit of money back for that, or go to yoga classes. We've just moved into a new office, and it, we have lost the showers, which has actually been really quite important to people. So in our in our old office, however rubbish it was, we did have a couple of we had a shower. Um, so if, you, if you're getting people to go out and do runs or cycling and things like that at lunchtime or before work, having somewhere they can, you know, shower off afterwards is actually really important. So we're looking at getting that sorted. And I'm afraid to say, if you looked in our snack cupboard at the moment, it's full of usual suspects. So I think we've, while we do have fruit and, and uh, this kind of stuff, yeah, it has got crisps and stuff like that. So looking at that as well is, is, is uh, something we could do. Some people are very disciplined and take much needed time to get out of their chair and get away from the screen. Even a short screen bake can be very beneficial. Perhaps we need someone in our offices to tell us to do this so that we don't get to the end of the day and realise that we've not moved at all. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I think when you're working on your own, your own personal office, you, there's, I think there's more risk of you sitting down at your desk on your own and not getting up. But I think here, because there's quite a few meetings and stuff throughout the day, like they're actually called stand up. So you do have to stand up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so people are buzzing around the office quite a lot. But that's no, a good idea. Sort of re reminders and things like that, you know, 
I used to be the the opinion that when people share these kind of you know reminders and you know have you done this or have you eaten a bit of fruit today, it's like oh god, it's a bit annoying. But actually now I've realised that you know it's so important and actually just a, a, a little reminder to go, go and have a walk around the block. You know we're about a three minute walk from the beach, so go and have a look at the, the sea for a little bit. You know if you're feeling like a bit stressed, you know all these things you can break up. You know if you're feeling a little bit down or you know you hit a mental block, you know there's all these things you can do. So I'm actually now in favour of these little reminders. Turning now to skills. A company that's working with large clients will need to have skillful employees. Employees who are up to date with the latest industry trends and who have a firm grasp of new technologies. Our industry never stands still. And so I asked Tom if Pragmatic provides time and resources for their staff to keep topping up their skills. So I think there's there's two bits to this. Yes, we really do encourage learning and constant development of yourself. So we've got um, time set aside in the the weekly uh, scheduling to do some pe- personal development. But also we do a day a month where you don't have to work on um, client work. It's called Prag Lab, so you can work on whatever you want really, as long as it's sort of linked to 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 what we do. It might be you know trying out a new bit of technology. Of course, that's that's something that if you're a freelancer, you just do that stuff anyway, but you don't get paid for it, um, or, you, or you've got to work it out. But so it's one of, it's one of the luxuries of being in a, a larger agency; you can do that stuff. But that I do think with this, you know, every, every everywhere now, it's people talking about uh, you know, everyone's got everyone's multidisciplinary, aren't they? They've got lots of different skills. They're constantly learning a new framework, or a new language, or a new process, or a new model, or and I don't know about you, but I'm constantly thinking, oh, I've got a bit of a fear of um, not knowing everything and getting. And I think it's that, that there's a bit of imposter syndrome, isn't it, as well? You know, when you start thinking about something and you look into it a little bit and you go, oh, there's actually people already doing this and they do it so well. And, and you know, I've got to learn this, I've got to learn that. So I think it's about balancing out, you know, this d- desire to learn, but also being focused and saying, actually, I'm happy to to learn this one thing and go really deep on this and, and not feel the constant desire like a magpie to just fly off to the next shiny thing. We do try and give people the opportunity to you know, try out different things, different technologies, but what tends to happen is people become very good at doing, you know, like a particular area. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, and, it, and, that, and that's really, you know, that can get really boring if you're just doing the same thing on the same projects. Um, I, I also look after the sort of the recruitment here. And one of the key things that people tell me when they're, when, when they're moving job is that uh, I always get put on the X tasks or I always get put on the, you know, the, the back end tasks. And I really want to try out a bit of JavaScript or, you know, there's, a, I think what we try to, I think we've got people looking out for that. And if anyone makes a request, we do try and accommodate it. But, you know, like you said, you're going back to the whole business thing. Sometimes you've got to sort of just say, well, you know, not, not everything's going to be what you want to be doing, but as long as you sort of take learning from whatever you're doing, you can. And what about trying to automate those things that you're doing, you know, every, every all the time, um, push, pushing everyone to, to try new ways of doing things is, is important, but and giving people the opportunity to do so. I really enjoyed chatting to Tom and I got a great insight into the inner workings of a large WordPress agency. I wanted to give him a chance to take the floor and let him sign off in whatever way he wanted. Yeah, I think I'd like to sort of congratulate and big up 
WP and up for all the fantastic stuff you're doing. I think it's really, really important to have these conversations. And I've really enjoyed this, but also talking with people internally and in the community about um, what's going on in this space. And I think the more we can do about this stuff and the more we can collaborate, I think this is an area where we can't afford to be in competition. We need to collaborate with everyone, whether that be other agencies, individuals, our clients even you know and, and and raise the awareness of this stuff but also share best practice so um you know I'll, I'll, i will be speaking to our working group um about how we can open source more of the stuff we're doing and try and get some other agencies who are doing other good things i know to, to contribute to that stuff and anyone who wants to contribute on it and um hopefully that will help i mean i think it's the sort of thing that could have you know in the wordpress community a you know, a contribution team um, and treat it like an open source project. Remember that WP and Up is here to help you. Visit wpandop.org or call plus four four two zero three three two two. 1080. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers a specially engineered platform that gives WordPress users web hosting that is designed to be the fastest, most secure, and scalable hosting available in multiple data centers. Their WordPress hosting makes deploying and managing WordPress websites easy with automatic one-click install, managed updates, real-time security protection, SSD RAID 10 storage arrays, power cacher, and expert 24-7 support to make for the best web hosting experience. And we thank Green Geeks for their support of the Press Forward podcast. That's it for this week. Please let us know if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you're finding it useful or helpful. You can reach out to us at wpandop.org forward slash contact. Remember that there's a serious point to all of this though, and that is that WP and Op is here to provide help and support. That help is available to you or people you know and can be easily accessed at the wpandop.org website. Please spread the word about this podcast. Tell your friends and subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. So until next time, hashtag press forward. <laughs>